James Davis. Hello, listener, and thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Abroad pod coming at you on Wednesday, June 16th. I'm your host, James Davis. This podcast is brought to you by Oxford Seminars. If you're looking to teach overseas or online, check out Oxford Seminars' new and improved 120-hour TESOL TESOL TAFL course, complete with access to the unrivaled job placement service. Go to OxfordSeminars.com for more details. And with that, welcome to episode five of the Teaching Abroad pod, where we discuss all things TESOL, from travel adventure stories and food recommendations, to teaching tips and job search advice. We will be releasing new episodes at least every two weeks, so be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, or pretty much anywhere you can find a good podcast. On today's show, we have an interview with teacher, vlogger, and cafe expert, Haley Kellen. She was teaching in Beijing, China, with a little help from Oxford Seminars' job placement service, and now she resides in Seoul, South Korea. But before all of that, I am joined by my co-host, Rowan Lomas, the job placement manager at Oxford Seminars. How's it going, Rowan? It's going well, James. How are you? I'm very good. So um, in the interview we, we had with Haley, we did get a little bit into you know the places that that one should travel to when in Korea as she is uh, very well traveled herself um, so I was wondering if we could do perhaps a top five places in Korea to kick yeah, things off great. so All many right. things to see and do in that beautiful country <laughs> yes I'll say so in no particular order Rowan what would be your first recommendation well, um, as Haley kind of touched on, Jeju is really a place anyone who's in Korea should try and get to, if at all possible. And uh, so that's one place uh, we went on our summer vacation. And uh, the big highlight, I guess, for me of Jeju is Halasan Mountain. It is this massive shield volcano, which you can see from pretty much anywhere on the island. Um, it's just beautiful landscapes, the sort of tropical vegetation you're hiking through and streams running through and um, it's good workout, that's for sure. I've heard stories that uh, it's just quite majestic and breathtaking when you get to the top and down your soju, although we started a bit late in the day for that, so we couldn't actually make it all the way to the top. So. The advice for that, I guess, is to start early in the day so you can get to the top. But nonetheless, I'm glad I did it. It's just a beautiful spot on Jeju. Nice. Yeah. Also, what I didn't do and should have were the lava tubes, apparently. Uh, that's a sight to behold. As I may have alluded to once or twice on this podcast, I'm not really much of a mountain guy. So I much preferred uh, going down to Busan and like Hyundai Beach and Gwangali Beach uh, are more my kind of thing. Just absolutely stunning beaches and great restaurants. And um, there's even a casino in Hyundai, which was pretty good fun as well. Nice. So, yeah, I, I was all about Busan. Is that the best beach in Korea, would you say? Uh, it's hard. To, it's very touristy and it's like a lot of fun. There's, there are probably like nicer, more, you know, secluded beaches, but 
for like the whole package. I love going to here and there. It's such a good time. That is my one regret. Like your Jeju, I guess, is my Busan. I just didn't get to Busan uh, when I was in Korea. So hopefully one of these days I'll, I'll get there. Yeah, it gives you something to go back for. Uh, I guess we can't give a top things to do or see in Korea without mentioning the demilitarized zone, aka the DMZ. I mean, it's just such a, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but like it's weirdly, like it's, there's no military there, but that's all you feel is the tension between yeah. the two Koreas. Yeah. <laughs> like you get to explore the uh, the third infiltration tunnel where the North Korean soldiers apparently were trying to mount a sneak attack on Seoul and you get to go to the Doris, uh, Dora Observatory and kind of look into North Korea and hear the stories of why North Korea's flagpole is higher than South Korea's flagpole. Did you get that story? I didn't hear that one. Oh, no. Basically, just... they just, the, the story we were told was that they always, they, both countries kept making their flagpole higher than the other. And eventually South Korea was just like, we can't keep doing this. We'll, just, we'll let them have it. We'll let them have this one. Yeah, I think my favorite part of the being in the DMZ uh, was the, the UN huts, like right in the joint security area where like you can technically like put your toe over and step into North Korea. And then you get to see this, the South Korean guards and how they always stand with only half of their body showing behind the hut oh. to deter snipers. So that's pretty interesting. And then also all of the stories about the bridge of no return where they used to do prisoner swaps back in the 50s and 60s. Um, yeah, I cannot recommend uh, the DMZ enough. I mean, some teachers i've heard have even gotten tours into north korea i didn't do that one myself mm -hmm. but maybe we can get on um, i think what our former job placement advisor michael adams might have done that so if we get him on it'd be a good story to hear about yeah a friend of mine did that too and came back with like north korean cigarettes and all kinds of crazy stuff i think we should definitely try and do an episode on that right on uh and then after DMZ, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite memories, I guess, was going to the Boryang Mud Festival, which is, I've been told, probably one of the more popular events of the year for foreign teachers in yes. Korea. That is a beautiful beach. I felt so blessed to be living not too far from it in uh, Chungnam province. Uh, just, you know, all of the, the mud wrestling you can do and live music. And it's just a beautiful strip of beach with all those restaurants and bars and convenience stores along it. So you can just, you know, grab your, your tall boys and head to the beach. It's uh, quite a, a party scene. Yeah, a bit of a change of pace than DMZ, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely a good time. Uh, at the mud fest and yeah that is a nice beach actually doesn't yeah, talk there, there. um all times of year like you know one thing i noticed about koreans is typically they don't go to the beach until the beach season is officially opened mm -hmm. so i can't remember i mean the mud fest is in mid-july but i don't think beach season opens until later in june or something do you recall when beach season opens I'm not, I am not sure, but that is a good tip to anyone visiting. Like if you 
don't go during official beach season you can have the beaches to yourself and it's amazing yeah we went a few times before the beaches officially opened we were the only people there for the most part yeah so i guess we should maybe talk about a little bit of culture as well not just mud wrestling and infiltration tunnels i do have to say okay um one thing there's a really cool hotel right near the beach where they have surfing in the hotel. I didn't do it. I was a bit scared that I might crack my head or something, but, uh, but it looks like a lot of fun for people who are brave. They have like a surf waves in the hotel. Nice. And yeah. uh, the mud that they use there is also very popular for Korean cosmetics. So it has like healing properties. And I will say after going to Mudfest, my, hands just felt so much softer and and the skin was just like something you'd pay for at a, a spa yeah i guess the the whole premise is about beauty and cosmetics however the reality is more drinking and mud wrestling so you know there's something for everyone yes. um but yeah to to perhaps swing it back to something a little more cultural and historical um you know with we should mention Gyeongju, the beautiful kind of palaces they have there um, and the, the historical burial mounds, just an unbelievable place. And that's on the complete opposite side of the country, is it? Um, I am not too sure, to be honest. I don't know. I didn't go there myself. I just feel like I looked at a map and was like, that's kind of far from me. It's all a blur. It's not a very big country, but I just feel like I <laughs> never got my bearings of where quite anywhere no i think it is it's in the south it's it's probably uh close-ish to busan but if i'm wrong yeah that's what i mean by other side of the country the busan side oh yeah that's right not the boryong side no the busan side for sure um but yeah definitely check it out you can get there's like a very famous picture at Anapji Pond where if you get it at the right time of day, the reflection of the pond looks like two palaces facing each other. It's very cool. Um, before we move on to Haley's uh, interview, anywhere else you want to give a shout out to, Rowan? Well, I guess um, if we want to give some honorable mentions or hidden gems, one thing we did was uh, whenever... We went to Boryong or Daechon Beach. We noticed there's ferries to little islands off the coast. So one time we just took the ferry on a whim to uh, Sepsido Island. It's very off the beaten track. Um, hardly anybody lives there. The beaches are pretty much open to, to you and the locals. It's not a big tourist spot. So we just kind of went there and, um, and rented a little hut by the beach and they had a little restaurant there and it was very relaxing nice little getaway so i definitely encourage people to explore the little islands off the coast nice what about you um i am going to give a shout out to the province that you lived in jolabukto and recommend jonju hanok village it's kind of a historical village where you know you can kind of see you know what uh the towns and villages would have been like in the past. So just stunning architecture and amazing food. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to try it, but it is the place to try bibimbap in Korea. That's actually why we went there. 
because we heard it was the home of bibimbap and we're such big fans. So yes, we did eat the bibimbap. It was amazing. And also uh, explored the Hanok village, which very much reminded me of like going to a pioneer village back home where you're kind yeah. of like seeing, oh, this is how people lived hundreds of years ago. Also, the big thing, I guess, to do now, as opposed to when I first got to Korea was uh, renting, um, you know, the traditional dresses and going around Hanok village wearing like traditional clothes. That is now a very popular Instagrammable moment. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we're going to take a short break. And after that, you will get to enjoy our interview with Haley to talk about all things Beijing, Seoul, meerkats. Yes, meerkats and boats. <laughs> now for a word from our sponsor. With Oxford Seminars, starting your new career teaching ESL couldn't be easier. Oxford Seminars has trained more than 70,000 teachers over the past 20 years, and you could be next. Right now, you have a chance to win the course for free. Find at Oxford Seminars on Instagram, follow the instructions, and you could be chosen on June 30th to take the course absolutely free. Terms and conditions do apply. See full contest details by following at Oxford Seminars on Instagram. We are now joined by Haley Kellum. Uh, since completing the Oxford Seminars course in 2017, Haley has taught in Beijing and is currently teaching in Seoul, South Korea. She has traveled extensively throughout Europe, and you can see her adventures on Instagram at IV underscore day, spelled D-A-E, and IV day, again, D-A-E, on YouTube. Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hi. How are things going in Seoul right now? Ah, it's really good. Um, yeah, it's really good as far as <laughs> it could be better as uh, far as like Corona goes, but everything else other than that is uh, it's good. Fantastic. So uh, I used to live in Korea myself. I didn't live in Seoul, unfortunately, but I was close enough to go there you know, on weekends, holidays, things like that. And I used to love going to live shows in Hongdae. There was this basement club. I think it was Club FF, perhaps, uh, where they had some amazing punk rock shows. And it brought me right back to my early 20s going to live shows in Toronto. It wasn't what I expected at all for, you know, a bar in Korea. So I was just wondering if for you, there are any specific clubs, restaurants, museums, anything that just kind of shocked you? It was like, this is something anyone coming to Seoul just has to see. Yeah. Um, I also, when I first got here, went to a place that had live music. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, it had um, live music. And I was pretty, uh, I guess, surprised by that as well. I also really was surprised at how many, like, they have a lot of, like, busking like people are performing outside um just they bring their speakers and microphones and just like perform on the streets and I really I really like that because it kind of reminded me of um where I went to college like in Austin Texas which is considered like the live music capital of I guess America um so there's a lot of live music there and it kind of reminded me of back home so I really enjoyed that unfortunately that doesn't happen too often right now these days. Um, but going back to your question, um, a lot of the, the cafe scene is like 
unreal compared to anywhere else in the world. So I think like my favorite thing is like how unique some of the cafes are around here. And I, I would definitely highly suggest like several cafes around Seoul for people who are- I read there was one, I didn't go to this one. I read there's one where they have sheep you can pet. Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen that, but I've not been to it. Oh yeah. I have also seen that they have like a goat one, a goat, like a baby goat cafe. Um, yeah. it's Like it's a petting zoo slash cafe? Yeah, like a whole little like zoo. Um, I have gone to the meerkat cafe. So they have meerkats and raccoons and wallabies. Um, so I did go to that one and that was really, um, it was really interesting because I don't think, I've never seen a meerkat in real life until I came here. And I just didn't think that I would come to Korea and do that. So Sounds like something from National Geographic. Right. Are they friendly? I can't even imagine. I thought they would just run away. They, no, they are friendly and they like burrow. They try to burrow in anything. So you have to like wear a blanket all around you because they'll try to get into your clothes. (laughs) So gotta be careful. (laughs) Yeah. Public service announcement, uh, everyone. (laughs) If you're around meerkats, be careful. Um, So... Uh, have you been able to to see much of the rest of the country in your time there or have you kind of had to stay in, in one area? Um, yeah, I have traveled quite a bit in Korea. Um, a lot of times, like when I'm talking to uh, some of my Korean friends, like I tell them, oh, I'm going to this place. Like, have you ever been there? Like, oh, no, I haven't been there before. And a lot of people tell me that I've actually traveled more around Korea than they have. Um, but I feel like that is like the same for me in the States. Like I've not traveled a lot in the States, whereas many um, people who might travel there travel a lot around the States. So uh, yeah, I've been able to go to a few cities um, as best as I can. Um, although it's really hard though, like these days. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to do as much as I can. So uh, do you have any, any recommendations like outside of Seoul for, for people? Yeah, I really do. Um, my, Okay, this is going to sound like silly, but like I haven't been to Jeju Island yet, but I do recommend that place only because I've researched it a lot and I am planning to go there in July. Um, But for places that I have been to, um, top, my top uh, recommendation would be a city called Pohang. It's on the coast and everywhere there is so beautiful. There's many ocean view cafes or oceanfront cafes and uh, there's a lot to see um, the sunrise and things like this and I also recommend um, an island called Namhae Island which I think um, it doesn't get many visitors like uh, tourists and foreign visitors so it's very like countryside and they have a rice terrace village there that's beautiful and it's really nice to uh, just kind of get away from the city life and relax and check that's out. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really hope you get to Jeju because I have a terrible confession. I lived in Korea for six years and I didn't oh. go. I didn't do it. <gasps> oh, oh, it's yeah. definitely a spot you have to see. I know. It's my I highlight know. of being in Korea, I think, was my week on Jeju. Yeah. It was my summer vacation. And, you know, we did... Halasan, we did Sunsun Ilchuban, which is the sun, is it sunset peak or sunrise peak? I can never remember, but it's so beautiful. 
Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I always hear people always say if you go to Korea, like, you have to go uh, to Jeju. And yeah, I didn't get around to it last year because, like, last year it was everyone was scared about traveling and things like this. And so I think it's a little bit better now. And so yeah. we're going to try. Also, last year I had, like, no vacation time. Like, now I have a set vacation. So that's nice. Nice. Are you going to fly or are you going to ferry? I'm going to fly because I read that the ferries take a long time. Yeah, we did the ferry from Mokpo and it took a couple hours, I think. And it was pretty rocky, which mm. I don't know. I had my sea legs about me, maybe because I grew up near the ocean. I was on boats all the time, but I was just on the deck with my, you know, height and cast beers and enjoying it. Whereas my wife uh, spent most of the trip in the washroom with about half the boat uh, oh, it was no. it was not a good trip for a lot of people on that boat, sadly. But uh, yeah, it was a great, uh, great place to be for sure. The waterfalls in Sogwipo as well, if you're going to Sogwipo, they're so beautiful. Yes, yeah, definitely. I really like, um, because you don't get a lot of that in Seoul. <laughs> There's no waterfalls or anything like that. So um, I do want to spend a lot of time in like the nature part of um, I want to do like all the water, like either scuba diving or surfing or something. I just need to be in the water. It's been too long. And uh, on that note, I guess, I saw from your Instagram, you seem very fond of boating on the Han River lately. Yeah. What is it about, uh, about boating that you've been taken by these days? Um, yeah, so I really, I do, like I said, I do like, I guess I like water sports or being on the water um, because I am from Texas and we have the coast there. So I grew up around um, going to the beach all the time. So I guess I just really love like being out near that, doing those kind of activities. And, and in Seoul, since, you know, it is a city and there's not many like water sports around. Um, the Han River is the only thing that we really have. And so many people go to the Han River to do picnics. And I always saw people like taking boats out. And I thought like, well, I want to do that. So I just Googled it one day and I found that it's not very expensive. And I just started inviting friends like, hey, let's go take the boat out. And that's what we've been doing now. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Do you have a like a captain you get with your rental, or you're you're the one driving? No, I um, I wish I don't know how to drive a boat though. But yeah, we do get a captain, and uh, yeah, it's it's not yeah, it's just easy. Like you just sign up for it online, and um, you meet. You don't at need the a boating license, or they provide no, the life jackets, need, all that. You don't need anything, yeah. And then they do give you a life jacket, but the life jacket. I, I have it on in my photos and it's like, you can't even tell that I'm wearing it because it's quite small. So, yeah. Nice. So I guess we have to come back to reality and that it's, it's fun being in Korea, but there's also work to do. How has teaching been this past year? Um, teaching is, it's much better now um, because I changed jobs and also we're not in zoom anymore mm -hmm. um so now i teach kindergarten uh so about five to six year old students um before i was uh my job before in korea was teaching elementary middle school um and i just don't <laughs> i don't really like like teaching middle school too much so uh and i i had taught 
first grade in China. And I knew that that's what I liked. And that's what I specialized in when I did the Oxford seminars. So I really wanted to work with younger children. So finally, I get I get to do that now. So it's much better. Um, and then yeah, as long as the conditions continue to get better as far as like Corona, and we can kind of work our way through that, um, then I think it'll be even better. Yeah. So, yeah. Middle school is a notorious challenge for anyone. So there is. Hey, my hardest yeah. class was kindergarten. I had two students and I could not control them. I loved my middle school students. <laughs> we could have uh, intellectual conversations about politics or the environment. I mean, try doing that right. with a kindergartner. Right. So, I, yeah, that's the thing because so many of my um, coworkers at my previous job were saying that and like, yeah, well, we can have like good conversations and you can actually like teach them real things. And I don't know, there's just like, maybe I'm not like that deep. I don't know, because I just was like, what am I going to say to these kids? Like, I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And there is something that I do like about uh, watching like the little ones just like absorb all the knowledge, like a little sponge. And I don't know, I guess just like being able to see them grow because I can see them like have such a big change in a short amount of time. So I do like seeing that kind of progress. Um, yeah, it suits my yeah, style. That's rewarding for sure. I just, yeah. it was not my cup of tea. Everyone has different right. strengths. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that that is really satisfying because they're just little sponges and they take everything to the point where I was, my all my classes had little British accents, which was very fun. That was oh. my personal highlight. Um, but the other teachers did not appreciate that, trying to correct them, but that's okay. Um, so you've also, uh, were you in Beijing for a, a year or more? A year and a half. A year and a half. So how did, how does that compare to, to where you are now in, in teaching in Seoul? Um, so I tell people, because people ask me this, and I tell this the same thing that... <laughs> I used to complain about my job uh, in China, but now I'm just like, what was I thinking? That job was amazing compared to how much I work here. Um, because in Korea, as you guys both have stayed in Korea before, the work ethic is like, these guys don't stop. It's just like nonstop working uh, and very few holidays. Uh, so, and that's kind of what I sacrificed coming here. Um, because in China, I worked at an international school where we had like a month off in the winter time and like five or six weeks off in summertime. And then like various like four week vacations or four week, uh, four day weekends throughout the year. So, um, I miss that the most, yeah. <laughs> uh, all the time off. And so I used that time to go travel to all the different countries around Asia, um, as much as I could, um, yeah. So, but as far as like the, the teaching standards, I had a little bit more um, creativity, like uh, creative, like I could do more at my international school um, as a teacher than here. Everything is already structured for you. So there's actually less prep. Um, there's, you know, you don't really have to do very much. Um, so yeah, that's great. Like I have less prep. Um, but for me personally, I do like to be more creative and use like things that I make for the students. So I don't, I think I did prefer the teaching job in China. <laughs> what about the, oh, sorry to interrupt. 
I was just going to say, what about the the life in Beijing? Uh, how did, how is that in terms of things to do and see? Yeah, there's a lot of things to do and see. Um, like where I lived in Beijing, I was about two hours away from the Great Wall. So that was like easily like a weekend thing. I could just go there. Um, I only went one time though. <laughs> um, but uh, like it was still, I was glad that I did it. Um, and there, yeah, there's a lot of things to do, a lot of things to see. And China, I feel like China's not really high on everyone's like um, place to go. Um, also, because it's a little bit difficult to go there as a tourist, I guess, um, to get the visa and everything. But I definitely think it's worth the visit. And there's so many beautiful places, I think, that people wouldn't even consider until they see it. And so that's why I really had, like, the idea when I was uh, living there to try to, like, make videos and to post things um, about China to get people, like, more um, interested and wanting to see it. Um, yeah, so I think there's a lot to do there. Nice. So that's kind of where the vlogging and the YouTube channel kind of started was out of out of that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah, so I always had I always had the idea that like I wanted to do something like that. I just didn't know what my like niche was going to be. Uh and then once I started traveling, uh I felt like okay, I feel like Many of my friends back home don't travel that often, but I wanted to show them that like you can do it, you know, like anyone like here's what it looks like. And like, you know, if you want to come here, like you, you should or you can. And um, so, yeah, that's where the, the idea came from. And yeah, I only just I wish I just did more, though. I didn't do I didn't make that much. Uh, so I wish I did a little bit more. But yeah. yeah. Are you going to keep? Time yet? Yeah. yeah. Are you going to try and keep it going um, throughout your time and in, in Korea and, and beyond? Yeah, I'm going to try to, I think I'm just going to change my medias um, more into like Instagram and TikTok because I guess those media platforms are, um, I think, easier to catch people's eye uh, versus like getting people to watch YouTube right now just because I think my content is not there yet. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to keep trying just switch the media platform a little bit. See how it goes. Have you already got your Ivy day TikTok account or not yet? <laughs> oh, okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. All right. No one steal it. It's Haley. That was really yeah. cool. Your, um, <laughs> your Namhe Island vlog on YouTube. I don't know, uh, you know, how many others you might be putting on youtube but i would say don't give up on that platform quite yet yeah. maybe i really enjoyed it oh thank you yeah i definitely i'm not going to give up on it i'm just going to um i don't know maybe work more on the the shorter videos because i can produce those a lot faster and um they don't have to be so like because I can't travel very often to these other places. Um, so in the meantime, when I'm doing things in Seoul, I think like shorter videos are easier um, versus like, it's harder to kind of have like 10 minute long videos. Um, right, a lot yeah. more production and time yeah. involved. Right. Makes sense. Um, I'm just trying to get the timeline together. So did you visit Europe between your jobs in Beijing and Seoul? Yes. I did. Wow. I, yeah, um, I, I think I ended my job in uh, 
with China in July at some one July in one year. I can't even remember what year it was, uh, but in July. And then uh, I started. I took a lot of things back home to America, visited family, and then I went backpacking through Europe right before I went to move to Seoul. Wow! And so, where did you where did you end up? It's in Europe. Yeah. Um, I did a like. Oh man, I went to so many places. I think, uh, like I did a group tour, like a thing that I I uh, found called Euroventure. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> and um, I I just like booked like a group tour, and I met with other people who were backpacking, and we had like a tour leader. Um, and I did I did two weeks by myself um, because there wasn't a tour to certain areas I wanted to go to. So I went through Italy, uh, France, Spain and then up to Germany. And then from Germany, like Austria, Czech Republic, and then down through the Balkans after that, uh, like Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia, and all, all of those down at the bottom. And uh, yeah, finished in Croatia, and back to Rome, and then back to America to pick up my stuff and go to Korea. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's amazing how much you can see in a couple of weeks. It is. Oh my gosh. I was so tired, but it is amazing. Like, um, the, that's the greatest thing about like Europe is that it's so, you know, like you can travel to so many places. Um, so yeah, like it was a lot of fun. And I don't know if you watched like any of the videos that I made from traveling in Europe. I think that's when I was the most active on my YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a learning process for me, especially when I was traveling by myself (laughs) because I made like I just did so many like things where I was like, dumb tourist thing. Why, why? Like, uh, and I've missed, I missed trains. And so I'm like, oh, please, if you watch the video, don't make the same mistakes I did. (laughs) Oh, do you want to hear my dumb tourist thing from Beijing? Okay, what was it? (laughs) So I went to Tiananmen Square and the Forbidden City. And there was this guy uh, just kind of hanging around there, this Chinese fellow, Richard, I think his name was. And he uh, he's like, oh, you know, I've never actually been in there myself. Um, and I was like, well, I could use a tour guide, I guess. And he was telling me stories about how he was in this Chinese punk band. And he was like, oh, you know, protest and this and that. I was like, this is a cool guy. So I was like, well, I'll pay for your ticket to go in and was hanging out. And then afterwards... I was like, you want to go for a beer? And he's like, how about tea? How about we go to a tea house? And I was like, I don't really want tea at all. And then it hit me. He's like, this is a tea house scam. I read about this in Lonely Planet. But I'd already hung out with him so much at that point. I was like, fine, I'll go for one small pot of tea. Nothing extra off the menu. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like this mixed feeling. Like, he's a cool guy. I like him. But also, he's scamming me. Oh, no. Wait, what is, what's the tea house scam? I don't know that. Like, oh, no. Oh, look in the Lonely Planet. Apparently, it's really common in that area of Beijing. Oh, people see? are, like, always trying to get you to go to tea houses where they get a cut. Oh. See, like, this is why. That, see, that would be something I would, I would make that mistake, though. And I would have done the same thing. I'd be like, huh. <laughs> Actually, the whole time that I lived in Beijing, I also never went to the Forbidden City. Oh, no? And I, yeah. Next and I'm time. So, it's I, definitely worth a visit. 
Right. I know. And I always had planned. I had planned on going. I even said up until my very last day, like right the day before my flight, I said, okay, well, I have some time. I'll go. And I just never did. <laughs> so that's why I'm not trying to make those same mistakes like while here in Korea. Like I'm trying to go to every city that I possibly can. Got to get to the ginseng city. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. <laughs> Um, so Haley, um, just in your, is there any thought that, uh, you might want to go back to Europe for teaching or do, do you like being out in Asia uh, and teaching out there? Yeah, I do like being out in Asia. I, the thought of Europe has crossed my mind, but I think as far as, um, I think like, because I do get paid well enough to be able to travel more. And um, I think that's what is really the most important thing to me is to have enough money to be able to travel because that's the kind of life that I want to have, um, just being able to travel. Uh, and being on this side of the, this side of the continent um, allows for like easy, uh, shorter flights and um, easier to like get to places. Uh, so yeah, I think I'll stay on this side um, and say, probably stay in Korea. I've already invested so much into trying to learn the language now. And I'm just like, yeah, I think I have to just stick with it. So. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. Um, I just have one last question for you, Haley, before we let you go. Um, and that is, do you have any advice or words of encouragement for people thinking about you know, doing what you did, taking a, a TESOL course um, and then traveling overseas? Um, yes, just just do it. Like, I know I feel like this is so cliche, but just do it. Go through with it, even if you're second guessing yourself or if you're worried about what could happen or anything, just like do it. You will have support no matter what stage of the process that you're in. Um, because I mean, that's how I felt. I felt like I always had support, even when I was worried, like, what am I doing with my life and things like this. So uh, no matter what you're feeling or going through at the moment, just go through this. I feel like there will be no regrets. And yeah, if you don't like it, you can always go back home. So there's always that, like, I think just go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so great uh, talking to you today. Um, nice and we'd to love you. to yeah we'd love to yeah. hear more about your adventures in the future yeah it was so good to talk to you too thank you for having me thanks Haley. take care bye thank you bye you can get 50 dollars off your oxford seminars tesla 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 course price when paying in full by calling 1-800-779-1779 by june 18th and giving the code pod 616 Oxford Seminars is one of the leading providers of TESOL, TESOL, TEFL training courses in North America. So visit OxfordSeminars.com today to find out more. Thanks again to Haley for being such a wonderful guest and giving us uh, an insight into her life and travels. Uh, Rowan, before we wrap up today's pod, would you mind just giving us a quick update from the job placement service? Absolutely. I just wanted to mention, since we've been talking about Korea so much, the Job Placement Service has a number of excellent contacts recruiting for teaching positions in Korea. There's still many private language school teaching contracts available to start this fall. And for public schools, well, EPIC has uh, filled all their positions for this year. Our contacts who recruit for EPIC 
are already interviewing for February 2022 starts. So it's good to get your application in early, beat the rush. And um, some of them also have direct connections to the Gyeongseng Namdo, as well as Chungcheong Namdo Provincial Offices of Education, uh, which still are hiring for autumn 2021 starting positions. So if you want a public school job, it's a good time to apply for the uh, Gyeongnam and Chungnam Office of Education. Still recruiting for this year. They're basically the same as Epic Jobs, same benefits, same co-teaching environment, um, and definitely a highly sought after positions. So something to keep in mind. Perfect. Thank you very much, Rowan. And thank you, listener, for tuning in to the Teaching Abroad pod. We'll be releasing new episodes at least every other Wednesday, if not more. And we'll be discussing um, lots of other topics relating to TESOL and travel. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe and share it with your friends. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can find you know, a good podcast. If you have any ideas you'd like to hear from us uh, or hear us discuss in upcoming episodes, uh, leave a comment uh, on our YouTube channel, um, send them, send a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email us at teachingabroadpod at oxfordseminars.com. Have a great day. Bye.